Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Last week, and for some time now, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And last week, I spoke about the fact that you cannot know, you can, you can not know God outside of the Spirit. And I spoke about how we have two types of, I mean, we, I spoke about the two types of wisdom. There are more, but just the two types I spoke about. The wisdom, natural wisdom, or the wisdom of the world, which is also called intelligence or cleverness. And we, we, we have cleverness, which is the wisdom of man, and we also have the wisdom of God. All right? And, and I spoke about you cannot know the wisdom of God. When it comes to natural knowledge, all you need is a good teacher and patience. But when it comes to wisdom of God, the spiritual knowledge, it is not a function of patience, studies, research, or even a teacher. It's a function of the spirit. Because he says that which things we speak with words which the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 12, talks about which things we speak. Now we, receive, we have not received the things of the world, but the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the world. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might freely know the things which are freely given. We might know the things which are freely given to us of God. So without the Spirit of God, you can't know the things God has given. doesn't matter what school you attend. There's no way you can know the things of God without the Spirit of God. So it says that, that we might freely know the things which are given to us, uh, that, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we speak. Say we speak. We speak. Say we speak. we speak. Which things we speak, not with words, which man's wisdom, so that they mention man's wisdom, man's wisdom teaches, but with words, with that which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things, with spiritual things. And then it goes on to say, for the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. So he speaks about the natural person, and then I showed you about the carnal man too. So he said, for the natural man receives not the, the things, the, receives not the, 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 the things of the Spirit of God. So now it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us, the Spirit of God that teaches us the things of God. And however, even when the Spirit of God wants to teach you, you must be spiritual. Else, spirit, because it said, which things we speak, verse 13, which things we speak, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. People come to church and compare spiritual things with natural things. They compare spiritual things, okay, since it is like this, then it must, no, no. Spiritual things operate in a different realm and are judged based on a certain specific spiritual realm. All right, so when you, when you become a Christian, you have to humble yourself. I know you're a chief executive, but it doesn't mean that you know the things of the, of the Lord. Other than that, you will become a Simon the Sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer came into the church. He also, Bible says in, in Acts chapter 8, and Simon also believed. 
Someone to believe. Someone, I mean, he has, he has, Bible says that he had bullied the people from great to small. Everybody believed that he's somebody very special because he has been using some spiritual powers to chant the people, to charm them. He has been used, so people believed him and he had some powers. But when he saw what God was doing by the Spirit through Philip, Bible said, and Simon also himself, Simon himself believed also. He also believed. So he believed the word of God. He believed in Jesus. So he became a believer. But when the apostles realized that Samaria has, verse 14 and 15, Samaria has received the word, they sent to them Peter and John, who when they came, prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So tell the people who say, when you are born again, you have received the Holy Spirit. There is a difference. There is a difference. He, they sent them to pray for them. That means that they didn't come and pray that they will be born again. They, came, they prayed that they will receive the Holy because they have already received the word. When they said Samaria received the word, that means that they have believed in Christ. They have believed the word that has been preached. But after you believe, the next thing, according to Acts chapter 19, verse 2, after you believe, the next thing is you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Seeing certain devised disciples said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So after believing, when you believe, people tell you that you don't need the Holy Spirit because once you believe, the day you believe, you have received the Holy Spirit and that's it. There's no, but there's a, a distinction. There's a distinction between, so anyway, Samaria received the word. They sent the apostles, John and Peter, who when they came, prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And Bible said, when they laid their hands on them, Acts chapter 8, when they laid their hands on them, who told you the hands of laying hands on some people doesn't matter? Some people, when they lay hands on you, your life won't be the same again. Yeah. And when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. My question, was the Holy Spirit waiting for them to, for Apostle Peter and John to lay hands first? Can't he go ahead if he's the Spirit? Why can't he go ahead and do his own thing? Those who say that I speak to God personally and I don't need any man, you don't understand spiritual things. Simon the sorcerer, when he saw that the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of hands of the Apostle, he also offered money. Daoshen. He offered money and he said, can you also give me this power so that upon whoever I lay my hands, they, you see, he had come to the church, but he hadn't relinquished his worldly mindset of, of how things are done. So he thought, once I'm a champion in the world, once I come to church, I still must retain my championship. My championship. Yeah. When I come to the church, people don't, don't you know where I work? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? So Simon the sorcerer came in with his own, said, okay, I've always been a top guy in town. Now I've seen this thing can make me top. So he offered money. He'll pay any price. He'll pay any price. There's a way spiritual things work. But the truth is that the carnal mind, or sorry, the natural man, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Because they're nonsense. You're the nonsense. This is idiotic. I'm going to take this. Yeah, you can't because actually you have a point. You have a, you have a reasonable point. It makes a lot of sense, but spiritually it doesn't make sense. So it depends on where you are looking, the angle you are coming from. If you are coming from a spiritual angle, it makes sense. And that's when you see the natural things that don't make sense. Well, when you choose to pray from the natural, you see a lot of things that make sense, but spiritual things that don't make sense. So you have to be spiritual to be able to access the spiritual things of God. 
When you, even though you are born again, see, the natural man there does not mean someone who is not born again. Okay? It means that nature, by nature, who you actually are, just the way you think, the way you do everything, that, that's what it actually means. And then the carnal man in chapter 3, carnal man is actually someone who is born again. So the other, natural man is just a normal person. Well, carnal man is someone who is born again, but still is living in the things of the flesh. So can't even appreciate spiritual things. And Paul said, I could not feed you with matured food, spiritual, proper spiritual food, because you are still babes. Since there is anger, there's, he said, brethren, I could, not, I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but to carnal, even as babes in Christ. Verse 2, he said, I could not, I fed you with milk and not with, so you see the feeding. Teaching is his way of feeding. Verse 1, he said, I could not speak. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, so you should be spiritual, spiritual person. But as unto carnal, so you can be a carnal person. You see, spiritual person, carnal person, and then verse 14 of chapter 2, natural person, natural man. So I could not speak, but unto carnal, carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You are babes in Christ. Go to the next verse. Verse 2 says that. I, 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 I have fed you with milk and not with, because babies will take milk. So my teaching is a way of feeding you. And a Christian, when we come to church, we come to feed. What, the same message we are hearing, some are eating meat and others are eating, are drinking milk, even though it's the same message. Your spiritual level determines what you can pick out of a message. That's why you have to be careful after church, how somebody, what someone says about the message. Because all they will hear is, but why did pastor say that if some people, when they leave the church, it's a blessing? No, it shouldn't. That's all you heard. That's, all, that, that, that's what was important for you. Yeah. So you latched on the cannabis, the things that really are not part of the actual message. The embellishment, you banana, you ate the peels and left the banana. <laughs> and then you are saying, I'm having, I'm having problems with my tongue. It's because of what you have been feeding on. <laughs> so comparing spiritual things with, uh, with spiritual. And then, it's, so the point here is that it takes a certain spiritual approach our spiritual mindset to be able to appreciate the wisdom of God. So the wisdom of God, that's how essential the Holy Spirit is in your work with God. Because without the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can, uh, you can pick anything from God. Because he is the one, Bible Jesus said, he would take what is John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. When the spirit of truth is come, he will take what is mine and give it to you. Yeah. He will take what is mine and he will, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will give it to you. He will glorify me. That's what Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes. So the spirit, the spirit of truth comes to take what belongs to Jesus and passes it on to us. Now, there will be a communication problem if you are not spiritual. So the Holy Spirit can't teach you. He's trying to send information to you, but a lot is not getting in because you are not spiritual. So in the church, the Holy Spirit is needed heavily needed. Now, when you come to, I want to just briefly mention, possibly, I want to end this subject on the Spirit of God, but I want to talk about the, the manifestation and the liberty of the Spirit. The manifestation and the liberty of the Spirit. So, in 
we have re- we've been reading First Corinthians, and First Corinthians talks about how if you are in church, to be able to appreciate the things that God is doing, you need the Spirit of God. Okay, so don't some people will take hey, that's funny, that's interesting. Some people, some people, some guys will take the Bible and just read it and expect to understand it. You can't, you won't. There are parts of the Bible that is so basically intelligible. For instance, when he says that when someone slaps you on the left, turn the right, what don't you understand about that? <laughs> you know, um, forgive one another. It's basically intelligible. You can just get the points there, but it doesn't mean spiritually you can get the spirit of the message. He says that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Right, Second Corinthians. So the when you just follow just the letter, the written Second Corinthians three six, just the written aspect of it, you will miss God, because the letter. That's what the Pharisees were doing. In fact, uh, I think Paul in Acts chapter thirteen says that the, you read the scriptures every Sabbath day. He said you've been reading the scriptures every Sabbath day, yet you have fulfilled the scriptures in crucifying Christ. <laughs> yeah. Read it. I think it's Acts chapter 13 from the early part from verse 20 or 17 when he went and then went to the synagogue and he says that brothers have you got anything to say right. and they were invited to speak and Paul was telling them about how you have crucified Christ you have fulfilled the scriptures by crucifying Christ meanwhile you have been reading the scriptures and the scriptures are saying that some people will kill Jesus some people will kill Jesus. You read the Sabbath, every Sabbath day you keep reading. He said, for they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they, they have fulfilled them in condemning Christ. The, the voice of the prophets, every Sabbath day they were reading, they were reading, they were reading, and yet they fulfill it in condemning Christ. Because they did not know Christ, nor did they know the voice of God. So you can just be reading the letter and still be on the side against the letter. So don't be distracted by someone who says that I've read the Bible and I know it contradicts itself. Don't mind him. He's off. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you, don't, you don't. You don't. You are, you are dealing with spiritual things with just the carnal mind. So you look at it with a carnal mindset. You know, sometimes you can read a legal document and a lawyer will say, did you understand what you signed? So yeah, by the, you say, hey, no, 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 you're making a mistake, look at the thing. The lawyer has been trained to understand this. Some of the things you are not trained to understand. So in the same way, you can read the Bible just like a legal document and think you understand what it's saying and you don't understand squat. Because it said these things are spiritually designed. Let's all say spiritually discerned. Say it again. Say they are spiritually discerned. So when it comes to the spirit, now watch this. This is very important. The Holy Spirit will always manifest himself in our midst if he's here. And Bible says that the, the, all right, let me take it from this angle. Every, everybody has an ability. Natural person has an ability. Every, everybody. In fact, science, scientifically, it is said that an average person has about 400 abilities. Yeah, you can, there's a lot of things you can do. 
Yeah, you can nod, you can shake, you can stand, you can shout, uh, you can watch, you can see, you can hear, you can feel, you can jump, you can hate, you can laugh. You can, there's average person about 400 abilities. Yeah. But which is slightly different from talent. So many people have got talents. Watch this, this is very important. But when you become born again, God doesn't operate based on your talent. Other than that, you, may, you might even pose the Simon the Sorcerer problem for the church. Because if God is going to build the church or work in his church based on talents, a lot of us here will, not be, will be useless in church. Because what's the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift? A talent is what you can do naturally without the involvement of the Spirit or dependence on the Holy Spirit. All right? The point I'm making here is that when you have a talent, you can use your talent. When you become born again, you have to use your talent for God. But God does not focus on our talents. When you become born again, he gives you a gift. Every person, if God is going to use you, he will give you a spiritual gift. Now, when the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent is, as I said, a talent, you depend, uh, you just do it anywhere. anywhere. If, if I can sing, I just sing whenever I want to. How about revelations, word of wisdom? You know what the wisdom, I see something about your future. But I can't choose to see it. That one, I can't, okay, today I want to see about you. No, you can't, you don't have the choice. But if I want to sing, I can choose what song to sing. So, it's very important to understand. Um, it's very important to understand that we, we, we need to let the Holy Spirit have his way than just allowing, just natural talents. All right. Now, the point I'm making here is that when you become born again, the Holy Spirit will give you a talent. Now, you can't just depend on your natural talent. If you are going to play, uh, so, sorry, gift. If you are going to operate in the Holy Spirit, you need the Spirit to do it. So it's like if a car runs on fuel, you always need fuel. If you, if you are going to drive a petrol car, you must, if you buy a petrol car, you must make sure where you are going to use the car, there's petrol there. All right? Because it needs petrol to run. Same with spiritual gift. You can't operate spiritual gift without the Holy Spirit. You can operate talent without the Holy Spirit, but you can't operate spiritual gift without the Holy Spirit. So any, every point in time when your spiritual gift is in operation, there must be the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so the Bible calls it, calls the spiritual gift, the manifestation of the Spirit. He actually he doesn't even call it the gift. He calls it the manifestation. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, he said, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. It's not a personal thing that, okay, this is me. So some people are saying, I want to know my personal gift. You don't have a personal gift. Well, if it's a spiritual gift, then it's the Holy Spirit who chooses. Right now, I can't choose to um, have, start the gift of healing. Maybe the Spirit of God is not going to operate. Maybe the Spirit of faith, rather. And I can't choose to say that I'm the one he must use. He can choose to use someone for spirit of pro- to prophesy. So, so the Spirit of God is himself, chooses who he will at what point in time, as long as there is order. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's the manifestation of the Spirit. And when we come together, there is a supernatural dimension of our worship that must not be put off. That must not be muted. We must experience the supernatural dimension of the Spirit. 
Bible says that when an unbeliever or a learned person comes amongst you and there is a word that reveals every, or the, the uh, first Corinthians chapter 14, somewhere from 21, 22, it says that, and, and the intents of their hearts are revealed, they will fall to their, their knees and say that God is in your midst. Because the person came with all kinds of things and by the time they realize, the pastor or the, the church is revealing their, reading their emails, which only they know. They realize, oh, wow, there's something going on here. So I, I believe in the supernatural dimension of a church. I don't believe in just, oh, let's just clap and sing and hear a word and go. Then we must experience the supernatural dimension of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Bible says that the whole of Samaria gave attention to what Philip was saying. Have seen and hearing what was happening. They listened to him. Acts chapter 8 from verse 5, 6, and 7. They listened to Philip because of what they saw and they heard. On the day of Pentecost, it was what they heard and saw that made them stop to listen to Peter. They, they heard and saw things. They said, what's going on here? And, see, when, so, and so when the Holy Spirit comes in, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he actually manifests himself and we have to allow the Spirit of God to manifest himself in our meetings and in our, in our churches. And every one of us is, once you are born again, once you are a believer, the Holy Spirit can manifest through you. It's not only a certain group of people. And then number two, it's also important to understand that the only thing in the Bible, that Bible, the only place the Bible encourages covetousness. <laughs> Let me say covetousness in that sense. He said covet. He says that shall not covet your neighbor's wife. That shall not covet this. That shall not covet your neighbor's car. He said, but when it comes to spiritual gift, he said, covet spiritual gift. Oh, covet that you may. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. Covet that you may prophesy. Endlessly, but covet. Oh, go back to the other verse. I like the other one. The, uh, is it chapter 14, verse 1? Covet. He said, uh, uh, yeah, chapter 12, verse 31. But covet endlessly the best gift. So the Bible enjoins us to actually convert. You, uh, you see somebody operating in a certain gift. Ah, I want this gift too. I want it not for political reasons, but to build the church. Convert, tell someone, convert spiritual gifts. It's sad to know that sometimes people can come to church and sit down and uh, just, they're just waiting for the church to close and go. I just came to, I don't know what you define as worship anyway. <laughs> I came to worship. What's worship? Is it to, is it to sing songs? Or, 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 or to kneel down? What, what's worship? When we come together, it's for fellowship. You're a Christian. Your entire life is worship. Your entire life, when you're at home, when you're watching the movie, you're still in worship. That's why the Bible says that the time is coming and now is when the true worship is. We worship in spirit and in truth. And so, it says, covet spiritual gifts. Now, it's interesting. When you go to Acts chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1, he starts talking about spiritual. He said, watch this. Shall we all read it from the screen together? Let's go. Oh, some of you didn't read it. Let's read it out loud. Very loud. Let's go. For the last time, please. I don't want you to be ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts. I said, I would not have you ignorant. You must know 
When it comes to spiritual, how come many people in church don't know about spiritual gifts? Well, the Bible clearly says that brothers and sisters, brethren means brothers and sisters, brethren is your sister, no, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And may I ask this, how much and what do you know about spiritual gifts? What do you know about spiritual gifts? Meanwhile, the scripture said, I don't want you to be ignorant. The reason for ignorance about spiritual gifts is number one, people who don't know about it at all. They don't even know. But before I became born again, the church I used to be, they don't, they don't talk about spiritual gifts. There's nothing like that. We only do communion and we close. Communion and we close. Nothing. So you, they don't know. That's why people can't, will be ignorant. And number two, they can be in a place where spiritual gifts are there, but they don't operate it. It's not operated. It's not allowed. So they don't know. Then he goes on to mention nine spiritual gifts. He mentions, let, let's, I think we should just, everybody open your Bible. First Corinthians. And it is called the manifestation of the spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will, have you, I will not have you ignorant. You know that you, uh, you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. Wow. And that no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. When you are operating in Christ, it takes the Holy Spirit to operate effectively. So those of us who want to be useful in the hands of God and do great things for Christ, it's, it's, it's a function of the Holy Spirit. So your relationship with the Holy Spirit must not be taken lightly. You must determine that I will even get closer with the Spirit of God so that the Spirit of God can have a free expression and manifestation in my life. You can never say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit, and there are differences of administration by the same Lord, and there are diversities of operation by the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, say manifestation of the Spirit. Please say it aloud. Say it louder. The manifestation. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Not to profit self, but to profit others with all. To all. It's not for you. It's for the gift of the Spirit is not for you. It's for others. So one of the things that it will make the Holy Spirit even find it easier to come upon you to use you is when you have become selfless and willing to serve. You are not willing to serve, but yet you want the Spirit of God to come upon you. You want spiritual gift for what? And you serve on your terms. I find it interesting when people are trying to grow in Christ and they are in church and don't say, I want to know my spiritual gifts. We have to ask you first, or you should ask yourself, where am I serving? Where and in what capacity am I serving? That's where the question starts from. Then when you start serving, you give the Spirit of God the chance to begin to manifest through you. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to all. And it talks about how there are diversities of gifts by the same spirit, they are, um, yeah, verse 8. For unto one is given the spirit, uh, the, uh, by the spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same spirit. Can I explain word of wisdom, word of knowledge in a very short, word of wisdom is ability to know what is about to happen supernaturally, to be able to advise a person, no, when you go, don't do it like this, or this is what, word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is the ability to know what is currently going on without being naturally informed. So like, I'm sitting here, I'm standing here, and I can know what pastor is thinking. I just know, that, that's word of knowledge. Or I can know what pastor has been going through for the past one week. 
That, that's word of knowledge. And those things are spiritually given. All right. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge. All right. Is it okay if I explain the, what they are to you quickly? All right. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And then what's the next one? What's best? Verse 9, to, to another faith by the same spirit. Now, this is not faith that makes us safe. I believe in Jesus. This is talking about a unique faith where everybody's saying that, no, this thing, nothing can be done. And then somebody said, no, what? let's go and do it. We can do it. Let's, 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 or maybe the person, doctors have given up on it, so let's start making a funeral arrangement. And one person says that, no, no. And I'm not talking about just mental projection. <laughs> Certainly, it's, there's a such spirit, like Bible says that silver and gold have I none, such as I have. And they caught the man who was sitting, Jesus was around, when, he was crippled when Jesus was around. Yeah. But they met him and they, they said, the Bible said they held him by the hand and yanked him and rise up and walk. No, that must take us some spirit of faith. Because yeah. if you go around trying to lift people, you may be sealed. <laughs> So it takes a certain spirit of so spirit of faith is when suddenly by spiritual influence you just know this thing. Like one day I was preaching and our sister has been going through medical challenge for a long time and it kept going on. I was preaching all night and I said, No, this thing is leaving you now. I'm telling you, something came upon me and I knew I was speaking by the Lord. The spirit of faith, right? So to another is giving the spirit of faith and then to another, uh, another the. Verse 9, to another, the gift of healing, same as spirit of faith. We can all pray for the sick to be healed, but the gift of healing operates on a very unique dimension. Where there, and it's not like a permanent gift for somebody. It's not a talent. It's a manifestation. Please. So don't say, as for this one, he has the spirit of uh, healing. He has the gift of healing. It's the Holy Spirit that manifests through the person. And if you allow yourself the Holy Spirit, it's not a pastor's gift. It's the, what the Christian's gift. So it's not a pastor that, after all, this pastor, he prays for the sick. No, 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 you too, your brother who is sick. Pray for him, go to the, you know, which comes, so gift of faith, gift of healing, they go together. And Bible says to another, the working of miracles. There are certain type of miracles that, like Moses lifted the rod. Let the, no, those things sometimes, it takes the Holy Spirit to inspire. If you go around trying to do miracles everywhere, you may be found wanting. Yeah, you can. You just need the, the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Is somebody learning something? To another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy. Prophecy is God speaking through you. Prophecy has two ways to manifest. Prophecy is prophecy in itself is foretelling and foretelling. Okay, so some prophecies, like I'm saying, I prophesy to you, you are blessed. I prophesy to you. It's forth telling. God is speaking through me to you, as though God has taken over my vocal calls and speaking. So actually, the preaching of God's word is actually prophesying. All right, prophesying. To many different people, you are hearing the voice of God because that man is prophesying. It's God is speaking forth. So it's forth Telling and then foretelling sometimes. Some prophecies are foretelling, predictive elements. Not all prophecies are predictive in nature. Many prophecies are just foretelling, God speaking through you. But there are other prophecies that are predictive in nature. Next year, by now, I see this thing happening. I see and I see and I see. God is telling this. He said, if anyone who prophesies and it comes to pass, that's a true prophet. If someone prophesies, I will let you know if it's not from God. He said that if he prophesies, he says that tomorrow morning is going to happen. God is saying and it doesn't happen. He's not a proof prophet. He didn't prophesy by the Lord. It's in Deuteronomy. Praise the Lord. But prophecy has predictive elements and it also foretelling element. Are you getting all these points? All right. 
Because some of you don't know. So what is this? What is this? What is this? At least it's good. Bible says that I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Um, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Now, this is very important. Diverse kinds of tongues. This diverse kinds of tongues is not just the shalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabal
So that's the interpretation of tongues is where a message has come in tongues and someone is endowed to be able to interpret what has been said because that message was being communicated to the church. So some interpretation of tongues to some interpretation of tongues and then um, to another working of miracles. Uh, let's go to the verse 11. Interpretation of But all these, all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to everyone severally as he wills, not as you will. There's a lot packed in here, which a lot of people who are cessationists and who just don't want to know, don't know. God has a lot back. He said, the spirit works severally as he wills, not you will. You can't choose today, I'm going to speak in prophecy. I'm going to pray. You can't choose what gift you are going to operate in today. It's the spirit. So I'm trying to draw attention to that. Church thing is entirely from A to Z, spirit thing. Takes the Holy Spirit. And so it's called the manifestation of the Spirit. And because Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be manifested. And then that leads me to the next point, so I can end quickly. The next point, which we will call the fruit of the Spirit. But I want to talk about the liberty of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says that the Lord is the Spirit. And where the, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Let's all read it from the screen loud. I want you to read it. Let's go. Oh, please, can we all do it together? All right, let's go. There is liberty. Listen to this. Yes. Say legalism. legalism. Say license. license. Say liberty. liberty. Say it again. Legalism. Legalism. License. license. Liberty. liberty. Very important. Legalism, what happens is that some people are so religious and they, they put people into legalism. Legalism is laws that are determining how you should behave. That's why in our country, the legal profession is a very good job. Because it's laws. It's not whether you like somebody or don't like somebody. The laws must speak. So if you are in the legal profession, you always kind of get a job. Because the law is always speaking. Yeah. So legalism is what you are, let me put it this way. You are enslaved by the law. You are not free. Listen, legalism is law, but unfortunately, sometimes Christianity or religion, in fact, religion imposes a lot of laws on you. So that's why many people don't want to have anything to do with religion because they can't take these legalistic demands. You can't have sex. You can't kiss anybody. You can't watch this. Legalism will tell you you can't wear this. You can't wear that. You can't wear that. That's legalism. It's not Christianity. So many people are trying to avoid this church thing because... The exposure of church is all about Ten Commandments and you can't do this, you can't do that, and you are not even free. And sometimes there's no benefit in this, all this, you can't do this. It's just suffocating. You can't just live your life. You can't go to a nightclub again. Meanwhile, you just like nightclub because you are young. So legalism, watch this, this is very important. So when we are born again, legalism has a way, whether you are born again or not, of putting you into shackles. But unfortunately, people are willing, people throw away the shackles of legalism and put their hands in the cuffs of license. License is I'm free to do whatever I want. I like him and I'll go for him. Even though it's my auntie's husband, I will. 
The pornography, who forced you to watch it? No one can arrest you for watching pornography. <laughs> no one will arrest you. It's free online. But look at you. You are not free. Even one day to say I won't watch pornography. You are, you are in bondage of your liberty. Wow. You are so free that you have now put your... So legalism puts you in bondage. License will also put you in bondage. Legalism puts you in bondage of the law outside of yourself. License puts you in bondage of yourself. Law inside yourself. There are men here who can't stay with one woman because of you want to enjoy your life. Now you have messed everything. A lot of things have messed up in your life. Now, financially, you're struggling because you're paying about four child supports. <laughs> the fifth one is on the way. And the fifth one is on the way. <laughs> hey! Hey! The only way. So in Christianity, we can come into Christianity, yeah. into legalism. So he says that I like the way Bible says. He said it is for freedom in the in the in the um, NIV. I prefer the NIV. NIV Galatians five one. It is for freedom that Christ has set you. He set you free to actually be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you. It's not for bondage. He set you free. He set you free to be free. So in real, watch this, this is going somewhere. In real Christianity, it's about freedom or liberty. Not license to do whatever I want to do. I'm free to wear anything I want to wear. I'm free to go anywhere I want to go. It's it's, it's not license, but it's also not legalism. You can't wear this. You can't go here. You can't do this. When you are praying, you have to face this one. When you are not, you have to. Oh, oh, don't, 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 don't know. That's why Christianity, there's no prescription prescribed number of times to pray a day. Okay. Mm. Okay. It's no prescribed number of times. All you have to do is pray. Even if you don't pray for um, five days, you haven't sinned against God. God is not upset with you. Hey, you didn't pray. You didn't pray. Really? Some of you here, you, look at the last time you read your Bible. A long time ago. Hey. <laughs> After church, you close your Bible. That's it. You are finished for the day. <laughs> it's like your work for the man. It's like your work, work computer. When you close for the day, you close it. That's it. So God is not upset with you because you didn't read your Bible. God is not accept, upset with you because you didn't come to church. God is not upset with you because when the church was fasting, you didn't fast. God is not upset with you because you have not joined the department. God is not upset with you because it's not legalism. You don't have to do this so that God will accept. You don't have to do this so that you fit in. You don't have to. In Christian, you don't have, you don't have to come to church early. So God will say, well done. How about those who just came from work straight? They'll miss God then. Mm. You'll miss God then. Then you can't can't serve God. If church starts at 10 and your work also finishes at 11, you you can't be a Christian. (laughs) So it's not legalism. It is not. It's it's liberty. Neither is it license. Free to move with anyone I want to. So now the problem is if 
Legalism puts you in shackles. License, uh, license puts you in shackles. Then how do you get the liberty? The Bible shows us. You cannot be a Christian and walk in liberty without the Spirit. Mm. And so, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, I'm now running. I think that's better we read from verse um, 14, maybe. Is someone learning something? Yes. You are wondering, Pastor, I don't know why I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this um, last. Last is troubling me. It troubles many people. Now, let me tell you something. I was telling my wife the other time, last week or so. I said, you see, if when you were in the world, before you became born again, you were struggling with pornography, and now you become a Christian, and suddenly you realize that God has set you free, it's not gone forever. So you have to guard that liberty by keeping some things out of your territory. Because once it comes back, it comes more aggressively. Yeah. Some of you know, you, you were okay for several months. You were fine. How come this thing has come back again? Yeah. And you are in church now. Sometimes you feel so guilty because you look like a hypocrite. Because the kind of things you have done before showing up in church. <laughs> Someone shout, Liberty! He says that, let's, let's go to verse 15, because I don't have to, verse 16, verse 16, sorry. But, verse 16, but if, I say, but, but I said then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Let's go to 15, let me show you something 15, it's very important. 15 says that, but if we abide, okay, verse 16 rather, yeah, and verse 17, look at verse 17, look at verse 17. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do, there is a battle and contention you are plunged into when you become a Christian. Which an unbeliever can never experience. Most people think that when you become a Christian, everything is fine. No, when you become a Christian, you are actually introduced into a certain contention, certain battle. It's only Christians that have that because the flesh is trying to pull you one way and then the spirit is trying to pull you one way and there's always contention. Something is dragging. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Something is dragging you one way. People who make you think that, feel like when you're a Christian, all feelings are gone. It's a lie. It's a lie. Feelings don't leave you. Feelings only leave you when you die. They are strong, as effective as anybody on the in Tesco. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Yes. And so there is a pull here. But because you are born again, the Spirit of God is also pulling you in the direction of God. And that's where the liberty is. Yes. It's pulling in the direction of liberty. And sometimes something is pulling. What's the flesh? The flesh is not talking about your body. The flesh is talking about you outside of God. Your feelings, your nature, your, your fears. The, your original you after outside of God. So it's not just your body, everything about you. While the spirit is not just your, it's not your mind. The spirit is when you become born again, what the, the Lord, your Lord is leading you into. That's, that's the spirit. And so when you become born again, there are people here who have become born again. The Lord told you to move out of something. You know you are supposed to, but you are still in it. And it's become a struggle. And something is pulling here. If you are not born again, you don't even have that struggle. Not being born again excuses you from that kind of trouble, but you are in complete shackles. When we talk about freedom, so that's why many people don't want to go to church because they want freedom. But they have actually moved away from legalistic religion to enter into uh, a license that is destroying their lives. 
destroy some of you before you became born again. Look at the number of people you slept with. Mm. Yeah. Hello. Look, look, look at the drug things you are doing. Drugs. Stealing. Look at the tension between you and your family. Your wife could never trust you because you are a monster, you are a dangerous guy. When you were not born again and you were left to yourself, all kinds of things that you can do because you have your license. No one is controlling you. The law may not be against you, the law of the land, because every land differs depending on who, who wants what. That determines what the law of the land will be. But the law of God is universal everywhere. So some of us are still struggling with liberties we tasted. Or let me call, not call it, license we gave ourselves to when you were in the world. And now it's now following. You have developed the taste. I'm just trying to draw your attention to the practicality of being a, 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 a Christian working in liberty. Because license will not help you. Legalism will not help you. And there's no liberty outside of the spirit. And so now how do you make use of the liberty in the spirit? Now watch this. It says that walk in the spirit. And so when you become born again, there are two paths. Something is pulling you on this way. Another thing is pulling. Your flesh is pulling you in this direction. The spirit is pulling you in this direction. And now you have to choose. They can't, your spirit can't force you. You have to choose. I'm going to go this direction. Or I'm going to continue going. That's why there are people in church and sometimes you feel very disgusted by their behavior. And it doesn't mean they are not born again. They are born again, but they have chosen to stay in the direction of the flesh. And every direction you take, how do you know which direction this brother has taken? How do you know this direction is the one that the, the sister has taken? Bible says that when you take a certain direction, we will see the, what it produces. How do you know it's of the spirit? Let's look at this road I'm going. I'm not sure. Is this the, this woman I want to marry? Is this the Holy Ghost who is leading me or the spirit uh, or, or my flesh? Oh, Holy Spirit or my flesh. It says that if it's the Holy Spirit, it will produce certain characteristics. And if it's the flesh, it will put. You can't determine what it is by, 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 you can't determine, except you look at the products. The products. So, no, let's look at verse 16 again. Look at it. Walk in the spirit, and you know you can't choose to walk on both paths. You can choose one of them, brother. You can only choose one of them. You can't choose both. So I walk in the spirit a little bit, and at the same time, so one leg is on the spirit, and the other. <laughs> <laughs> You have to walk one. Say, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill. Don't try to, uh, I, I'm dealing with sin. Just walk with the spirit and that guarantees your liberty. Amen. Watch this, watch this. You don't feel the, the desires of the flesh. Go to the next verse. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the, the, the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things you would. Verse 18, watch this. But if, if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. 19. Now, the works of the flesh. Say the works. He didn't say the work. Works. The flesh will produce a lot of different things. And these works that I mentioned, you won't find all of them in one person. In different people. It's, it's manifesting this one. It's manifesting this one. It's manifesting this one. It's manifesting that one. Different things. But it is, these are the fruits. No, the works, not the fruits, I'm sorry. The works. Say works. works. Say works. works. When you talk about works, you are talking about manufacture. 
products. The flesh generates these things. So if you walk there, these are the things that adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness, this has to do with sexual issues. Then the next one has to do with religious things. Idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft is, um, uh, it's, it's, other translation is a different word from witchcraft, but it's more about sorcery. That is uh, palm reading, uh, so saying, crystal, uh, magic, uh, black, black magic, occult, all those things fall under, and they are all the works of the flesh. Horoscope. They are all the works of the flesh. So that is it. Idolatry, trying to, you see, the spirit of God, you see, human nature is such that in worship, they want something to see, something to feel, something to experience, to go. So that is where idolatry comes in. You are looking for, that's what religion does. It's telling you this, you, you need this, you need this, something to hold on to. But in real Christianity, it's the spirit generated. You just move by faith, by the spirit. So idolatry is not just worshiping idols, but all other religious activities outside of the spirit. Hatred, that is social issues. So first one, sexual issues. Second one, religious issues. Third one, social issues. Hatred. You hate someone for who they are. Hate them for their color. You can't stand this because they are this. Hatred, our best of uh, uh, hatred, contentions, always fighting. I don't talk to this one. And then then, these are all works of the flesh. Jealousy, jealousies. Someone can't marry because your own didn't go on, so you are very upset. Somebody's about to marry, you can't even clap. <laughs> Our best of wrath, this anger tantrums. Anger, every time you get so angry, you can't control it. Our best of wrath. You say, ask for me, that's why my mother knows me, you know, so that's why I'm careful. How. <laughs> How best of rest, uh, self, uh, selfish ambitions. You are always, the, it's a political, everything. You, are, you know what you are doing, and very political dissensions, heresies, and divisions. Uh, cliques, form cliques. You are in the choir, but you don't deal with these guys. You only do, you are cliques, cliques. In the church, you have cliques. You don't, uh, dissensions and heresies. And then go to the next, next one. Envy, murder, drunkenness. Now, the nurse, if there are not one other one has to, from drunkenness, has to do with alcohol. Drunkenness and reveries. Reveries. That's raven. Raven. The flesh, works of the flesh. So, if you are. <laughs> yeah, it's showing. It's showing. These are the things that the work, the flesh will produce. And the like. There are a lot of them. If Paul was in our day, he would have added drugs. Yeah. We'd have added drugs. And the likes. Well, let's leave the next. Let's go to that. Uh, that's the point I want to make. The, but watch this. The next verse, verse 22. Watch this. But the fruit of the Spirit is, it didn't say fruits. Now, remember, I didn't say the works of the Spirit. When you talk about fruit, things you have to know about fruits. Number one is uh, man can never produce fruits. Man can produce works, but can't produce fruits. Fruits are not man-made. Fruits are God-made. So when he says the fruits of the spirit, but remember he says the works of the flesh. That's what you are doing. But the fruit, you can't do it. It's the spirit. So fruits tells you that, that right there you can tell, it says that fruits are not man-made. Man manufactures works. But God brings fruits. 
fruits. And fruits, you can never have a fruit without a tree. Hello? Hi. Have you ever, anytime you see an apple, apple fruits or orange, you know there must be an orange tree around. Because no, no scientist can produce an orange. He just went to the laboratory, put some things together, and produce orange. You are eating. No, 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 no. It, it can, man cannot do that in the laboratory or in the, in the factory. So, and then you can't have a fruit without a tree. Anytime you see a fruit, there must be a tree somewhere. Every fruit comes from a tree. So when you say the fruit of the spirit, it doesn't come from yourself. There must be some, some personality behind the fruits. And then, so fruits are not man-made. Fruits are, um, th- there must be a tree. Number three, fruits don't develop overnight. That's a good one. It didn't just come overnight. Suddenly, you have it. Takes time. Takes time. And these are all products. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.